New research conducted for the Canadian Race Relations Foundation gauged how you and I, how Canadians feel about things like online hatred, employment equity, reconciliation with Indigenous peoples, and the reform of the RCMP. And the majority of Canadians showed support for action on all of those issues, but it was online hate, online hate, that perhaps had the strongest responses in the survey. Mohammed Hashim is executive director of the Canadian Race Relations Foundation and joins me on the line. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Alan. Why is it that online hate, do you think, uh, garnered such strong response? I think people recognize that there's just a heightened sense of polarity in society, one that we haven't really lived through before, one that's really worrying. We see impacts on younger generations in terms of their online experiences. We're worried about our kids and seeing how they're growing up in terms of just like the level of bullying and hate, racism that you see online where we're, 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 we're consistently afraid of, you know, seeing extremist content or, or just content that we don't want our kids or, or anyone to really see, but we see that so frequently. I think that's, that, that's raised a high sense of, of urgency for people to say like, you know, online, the online environment needs to be like better, um, like, like, like better looked into to ensure that we have like moderation of content that we, to ensure that we have, you know, a safe space for people. That's just, I think it was widely understood. And, and I, I think I, I, I definitely totally agree with that sentiment, but I think, I think my, one of my takeaways is I looked at the data here is that this is kind of a case of, you know, Canadians saying, well, I want a, but I don't want B to make it happen. So there's an A is I want perhaps regulation, perhaps uh, enforcement by some kind of government agency about what you're talking about, about online hate. But uh, the B I don't want is the removal of any rights. And the two of those things can be at odds, can they not? Well, Alan, can you swear on the radio? Uh, not this particular one. It all depends on what word we use. <laughs> So exactly. I think that society has over time created different rules for television and for different mediums and for movies. And we've created systems to be able to ensure that different spaces are, are made available uh, for, at different levels of safety for different types of, you know, for younger folks or for older folks. It's it's we've created systems. We, I, I don't think regulation is a bad thing. I totally agree with you. I don't I think that infringement of freedom of speech is a huge issue. Like, I, I don't want to see that either. I think that what we need to see is that, like, we need to come up with a balance just to ensure that how do we, um, like, because I also think that, you know, people feel that the online space is the Wild West, that anything could be said and that anything could be, any, that anything goes. And I don't necessarily think that's that's true. I think that the town square, especially under COVID, is not, you know, square one Mississauga anymore. It's not Nathan Phillips Square in Toronto. I think it's online. I think, you know, people find themselves there. And I think that if the town square is, is turning digitally, then we need to treat the town square digitally the same way that we would treat Nathan Phillips Square. And and I, I don't I don't see a, a way that we empower the owners and the operators of these platforms, these giant tech companies, to do the policing of it. I think it has to be. It's going to have to come from some kind of oversight. And again, we run smack into the issue of there's going to be a segment that says you're trying to take away my right to express myself. Well, I think that um, 
as a society, we, we consistently create regulation. I think when we were chopping down trees across the country and without any sense of regulation and, and recognizing that it, it had implications to the environment, that we created regulation around these things. I don't think we should be afraid of regulation. I think we need to do it in a very responsible way. I think we need to do it, to be frank, you know, we need to bring it into um, like legislation. It needs to come in in order to start thinking about how to implement these things. Because I totally agree with you. I actually don't trust social media companies to administer this thing responsibly. I think that the government needs to create some rules and some boundaries and some accountability mechanisms and some ability for us to create understanding of what happens on what threshold, uh, like on what platforms, and what are the thresholds that are allowed and not allowed. I think there's a lot of public education that needs to happen. But I think that the reason why people feel like that is true uh, and needed right now is because the harm is so significant. And that we're, we're because the harm is so significant, people are feeling like, okay, this is the time that we actually need to start this conversation in a meaningful way. I'm speaking with Mohammed Hashim, who is executive director of the Canadian Race Relations Foundation, which has some uh, interesting new stats about what Canadians are looking at, especially when it comes to online hate. And one of the things we talk about when we talk about online hate is the rise of the far right, uh, and that is certainly out there. But there is also a concern, I think, that uh, on the other side of the spectrum, that there is a kind of a mob mentality out there that can punish anyone who speaks out against, uh, you know, whatever the current orthodoxy is, and and that that has put a chill on conversation. Do you see that from both sides? That both sides of the spectrum there are are, are pushing uh, those of us who are in the middle. You know, honestly, I think that like this, like the the conversation on cancel culture is frustrating to me too. I, um, I, I, I mean, I don't know a single person that knows and how to speak about race perfectly. Um, but I do know a lot of people who have the right intentions to want to do it better. And that I think the issue for me is that we don't, we, we, we don't talk about, uh, how, how can we be generous, uh, and thoughtful and bring people along a journey versus trying to condemn them. I never, I, I really, I strongly, if I, if I have an issue with somebody, honestly, I just typically call them and say like, Hey, I think that's, that's, I, I, I don't like the mob mentality. I don't, I think that's like, that's not the right way of doing it because honestly, there's just, there's a lot of people that have really good intent and are learning how to talk about this or understand it or see it. And I really want, I, I think that's, that's awesome. <laughs> And I, I want to encourage that more versus making it so painful that people are like, oh, if I don't know the right language, I'm going to get bombarded and I'm going to say the wrong thing. Well, you know, honestly, I think the strongest relationships I have with people are because they feel safe to say the wrong things to me. And then we can have real conversations about where things are at. Mohammed, you and I are singing from the same songbook. Thank you so much. I, I Very well said. I appreciate that. Thanks again for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I hope you come back and talk to me again later. Uh, that is Mohammed Hashim, who is Executive Director of the Canadian Race Relations Foundation.